adrenaline running through my veins and my skeleton when you say my name and the high no it never goes away I like jumping out of airplanes and swimming with the sharks that existential feeling when you're staring at Hey welcome back to WMNF 88.5 um, today we're celebrating Juneteenth, right? And that's a holiday that is, is one of the oldest holidays in America. But just recently in 2021, it became a federal holiday, Juneteenth. And so what Fire and Ice podcast decided to do is that we want to interview people and see what they know about Juneteenth and see how they celebrate it and actually just what it means to them. And because it was a it became a national holiday, how would that be different? So today we have this esteemed Mr. Donald Dowich. He is an awesome um, uh, portray of Frederick Douglass, and he's an author, he's a lecturer, and he's a motivator. He's just um, all around great person. And so I think it's so appropriate to get his opinion on Juneteenth. So I'm going to introduce Mr. Dowich and, and, and let him take it from there. Good evening, and thank you for having me on this evening. It is a pleasure to be here. Um, just, just to chime in on Juneteenth within itself, um, as some of us know that Juneteenth really was recognized back in 1970 in uh, Galveston, Texas. And basically, you know, as the, the historical uh, story, if you will, landscape states that um, in 18, 1863, when President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, yes, it stated that, you know, slaves were free at that time. However, though the slaves were free in the South, word had not traveled to Texas, Galveston more so, that those slaves were part of the freedom as well. So, uh, in 1863 or 1865, if you will. And if I can, since I just finished doing a portrayal of Frederick Douglass, um, President Abraham Lincoln summons Mr. Douglass to come to the White House in 1864. And this is just prior to when, uh, um, you know, the, the uh, Juneteenth enactment went into, into law. However, uh, President Abraham Lincoln wanted um, Mr. Douglas to round up his troops, if you will, and go to Gaveston and to initiate uh, the process of starting to free us. Excuse me, I want mm -hmm. to say something. Um, actually, what Mr. Um, Dowage is saying is so important to history. Um, these are, this is information that is documented that he's sharing with us. And so Please um, listen and remember that this was back in the time where they told us black people didn't matter and that we were enslaved and we were only good to be slaves. But there was this um, huge figure called Frederick Douglass that really is we can contribute his, his um, works to our freedom as well as anybody else. Okay, so I'm going to let uh, Mr. Dowish complete his portray of Frederick Douglass and tell us um, documented information about the um, Juneteenth surrounding events. 
Please. So as I was saying, thank you, um, that eventually, yes, uh, General Granger made his way to Galveston. And those uh, slaves that were there, they were indicated that they were free. Now, the downside of that, you know, when, when they indicated that we were free, such as in 1863 when they said we were free, there were a number of us who refused to leave the plantation. And the reason, as it is recorded, that they refused to leave because, A, they had no knowledge. They had no education of how to step out on their own. So they were frightened to move out and begin a life on their own. Uh, and that's the downside. And even further, even though they were free and they were still working on the plantation, they were not reaping uh, financial rewards, such as because of the fact that the master said, wait a minute, I'm feeding you. I'm clothing you. I'm housing you. So that means... I'm taking your pay out of this. So you don't get any financial place. So, and then you got to understand that even when they were, when we were enslaved, they were a portion of us who loved our master. You know, we loved our master. So, you know, live and die for the master instead of being, you know, brave enough to step out, step out, if you will, on their own. So, uh, when you mentioned Frederick Douglass, which I have been betraying around the country since 2009, Yes, um, he is. He was a strong opponent uh, uh, in agreement to bring slavery to an end. And it was just that you would call it his bravery. He was a very brave, you know, black man back then to do some of the things that he did, knowing that he was putting his life at risk. For instance, you know, uh, um, being friends with John Brown. Um, that right there could have got him killed. Writing this book, The Narrative and Life of Frederick Douglass, that could have got him killed. Going to the White House and, and having talks with um, President Lincoln could have also got him, you know, uh, um, killed. Now, after President Lincoln was assassinated, his vice president, President Johnson, uh, Vice President Johnson became president. President Johnson had no love for Frederick Douglass. Yes. So I want to I, I ask you a question, you know, because history tells, um, some types of history tell us a different story, but you're absolutely right that, um, matter of fact, some things were retracted mm -hmm. because of the assassination and because of the support that Frederick Douglass had for those things. There were, there was supposed to be a lot of things come to the slaves that was retracted after mm -hmm. the assassination. Yes. So um, this story is big, right? Juneteenth is not just a holiday. It tells a full story of where we come from in that whole um, diaspora as, our, as we went through the slave journey and, and the chattel slavery. And so we land in a place where um, we... Uh, slavery is abolished, but we are we're impoverished. Yeah, we're impoverished, and we're impoverished in a great sense. And not only that, when you talk about the Reconstruction era, you know, yes, they fought for us to to you know to how can I say arrive uh, to take advantage of, of certain rights that we have, such as you know we were elected to offices, you know we held we were in Congress, you know we did <clears throat> we took advantage of the opportunity yes. of being yeah. of having those doors open. And mind you, what's really interesting, we went right into politics and we 
um, was restricted from being able to read. We, and so the people that was in the politics, they could read. So, you know, they had learned to read over the time because they had outlawed teaching a black person how yeah, to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we and, and we know that reconstructions were short lived. I think it was about 12 years yeah. or something of mm-hmm. that sort. So go ahead. And that's please. when the Democrats back then understand Democrats today are not the Democrats yesterday. That's when those Democrats, you know, they. Uh, um, did that did that little dirt in the dark, if you will, that eventually came to light as the KKK, mm-hmm. and that's when they started, you know, deducting the laws and putting the laws back where they were, mm-hmm. so that you know we as black folks would not have uh, the advantages that they have. Mm-hmm. So we were we were thrown out of offices. We lost, you know. Then you have the, the the race riots that came along. You know, we have the Wall Street situation that came along, and these are all KKK situations mm-hmm. because of the fact that they saw that we as blacks were more or less gaining traction to be able to live the life that they were living. So, and they couldn't take that. Excuse me. <clears throat> what's what's beautiful about the story you're telling that's when black men had all the skills that's when we had the skills and that's where we we also built everything you know because we were the laborers so we had to build everything so our gauge of how to build a city or a community we knew that already because we had built many for free as slaves Mm -hmm. and so um, when they saw us developing our own cities they became jealous. Yeah. They became envious. Mm-hmm. And 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 you hear over time, oh, he looked at a white woman or he touched this or I. So that was enough to burn down cities, towns, yeah. kill all the people. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you talk about black folks building, you know, you can go back to the forefather of building cities, which was Benjamin Banneker. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the first the one that got. Re- yeah. He yeah. got recognized mm-hmm. for for. Uh, constructing the streets of Washington, D.C. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's black. Mm-hmm. All right. So you think about it, as you say, I'm going to mm-hmm. ride on the pony with you, mm-hmm. is that, yes, as time moved on, those skills were transferred to that next generation yes. of black men that came along. Yes. So, yes, we got we had the mindset to build and not only build, but we started building our own schools, schools. our own universities, such as Hospitals. Tuskegee, mm-hmm. you know, university, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, Howard, you well, I can't say Howard University because Howard University was created by white people, if you know, mm-hmm. and people don't know that. They they're think it was the, they're on yeah, the board. Right they were now. on the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So but when you look at the all black schools that came along, then you look at, you know, the graduation rate of black men and black women, let's not leave them out, mm-hmm. but the black men who graduated from these universities and yes, they started being dentists. They started being doctors. Mm-hmm. They started. You see what I'm saying? So we had all this in our own community, merchants, yes. Yes. Um, uh, uh, automakers. And yes. and believe it or not, there was a black automaker back then. Yes. That you um, don't, I mean, you have to dig deep to find it. I, I had it yeah, a yeah, couple yeah. of names. Yeah. yeah. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we had everything mm-hmm. that the, the majority had. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, you know, we had been, we began to reap so much from our skills. Yes. You know what I mean? And the fact that, you know, we knew we had God on our side Mm -hmm. and that helped us through. Right. So, again, after that, that's when you had the Tulsa race riots that came about. That's when you had the race riots in Kansas City that came about. And the list goes on and on. Right. You know, even up to today. 
Right. You know, that that situations like this continue, I mean, continues to happen. Exactly. But the deeper part of this story is, is that as we celebrate Juneteenth 2023, and we thank the president for eventually signing into law to make this a holiday. But the bigger point of this is, is that to take this Juneteenth and use it to get to share that knowledge. This is not like when Martin Luther King's birthday was just publicized. It wasn't a day off. It was a day to it was a day on mm-hmm. a day on to share the knowledge, to educate those coming up behind us, mm-hmm. to school them so that when they became a, gen, you know, gentlemen and ladies, then they can likewise share this information. Because the worst thing that can happen is to allow this wonderful and needed knowledge to die. So that's why we're here today. Yes. It's an education um, period. We want to educate everyone. We want everyone to understand what Juneteenth meant. But the story around Juneteenth is great. Like you're sharing the story. I mean, Frederick Douglass have always been our hero, right? He's always have paid the way for freedom, you know, and he made tremendous sacrifices yes, for that. Yes. So who is a better mentor? Who is a better man? And we, as human beings, we stand on giant shoulders. And we are looking for the ones that haven't been born and the ones that's already um, coming through the pipeline. So we got to educate. We oh, got yeah, to educate. Yes. And to your point, we got to find a way that we can be entrepreneurs. We got to uh, get those skills back because we know things have been done so that they are not as skilled as they used to be. They, you know, um, one of the big things that we have to look at agriculture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How is it that um, the diaspora in America grew everything? I mean, um, Carolina rice, you know, cotton, peanuts. And now it's almost zero mm-hmm. in agriculture. And that's where all the money is agriculture, technology, you know, water, all of these things we did on a, on a daily basis. And now we don't, now people don't even look to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. And one of the major things that I noticed when black men, black women was cooks, they could cook anything and everything. Mates, yeah. And now when you look at the food channel, you, you know, you don't see us. And, and yeah, some, yeah. this is so unfamiliar to us. You know, it's just so unfamiliar <laughs> that we not only grew the food, we cleaned it and cooked it. Well, if I can say this, um, uh, Tyler Perry, he just purchased BET. Okay. So BET is in black hands now. Okay. And he's made a, a, a oath, a disclaimer that, you know, what's on BET now? Yeah, they will have the stories in the prime mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. but it's going to turn back into what it was back in the days, you know, more educational programming, because that's what we need. We need, we as black folks, we are always needing education. And, and I'm going to say this, and, you know, hey, I know we're in 2023, and I might get in trouble. Cancel culture, I know they're coming after me. But the moral of the story is, is that for us, if you spare the rod for us, you know, we turn into cowboys. We want to rope up everything. So mean, I say that to say this, that we must always keep our feet on the pedal of education. Always. We must go. Always. I mean, I don't care if we get a speeding ticket. Yes. It's important that yes. we keep our feet on education. Yes. You know, when I left Tampa back in 1982 to go, I mean, 2002 to go to Baltimore, Baltimore at the time was a city that read. 
everybody I talked to, I was so amazed coming from Tampa, going back home to Baltimore. Everybody up there just about had a college degree. Mm-hmm. And they had a certain dialect about them that made you want to spruce up on your English, spruce mm-hmm. up on your vocabulary, mm-hmm. spruce up on your knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, because everybody, especially in the circles that I was roaming in, you know, they was bringing that knowledge. Mm-hmm. They were bringing that education. And not only that, you know, they had a backstory. So in other words, you know, um, how can I, I, I'll use, I'll use a pie. You know, you got the crust and you got the top layer of the pie. But what did it take to make that pie? What did it take for that pie to taste as good as it did? It's those ingredients that need to be in that pie to make it the pie that we all love to eat. So saying that, you know, when you say a backstory, you just can't talk uh, flattery. You got to have some truth and some divine uh, uh, strength, if you will, to back it up. And I love that. And that's a segue into the fact that this today is about truth telling. This is about strength, right? This is about um, undoing the wrong and going forth with the right. Now, one of the things you said, but see, one of the things we have to look deeper, they cha- they moved the goalposts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because well, they're always doing that. Okay, so... They told us, go get educated. You get these jobs that you can take care of your family. Now, you know, that's what we did. We Mm -hmm. paid attention to that, you know. And now you can be super educated and you can't get a job. Yeah, you're too educated. You're too. Who tells a person they're too educated? Yeah, you know. Who says that? And so. Well, I put it like this, not to cut you off. Who says this? Your skin says it. Your skin color says that. Right. When you walk into the door with education, now you overeducated, you're too educated, and we don't have no place for you. But you said, you said if we could compete against in your institutions and get these degrees, we would be accepted as to make a living. And now I have friends that are very educated and can't get a job. Mm-hmm. And so, and the only thing it is because they have HR, they have hiring um, teams that says, oh, well, that skin color don't let you in, but yeah, thank you. We now we know how to keep you out because now you're too educated. Yeah. yeah. Now we don't want to pay you for your education. Or, or one of these things where you know they talk to you on the phone and when they see you, like, right. oh, we didn't know you. Yes, were, exactly. You know, we thought you were, you know. Right, and so yeah. that that comes to the fact that we now have to start our own jobs. We have to be entrepreneurs. We gotta. Um, Build networks that we support each other. Well, you know what? Some might, some may dispute this, but I will say one thing that um, I can put under uh, President Clinton's hat mm-hmm. is the fact that the bill he signed into law, which I forget. However, mm-hmm. it opened up the door for more small businesses to mm-hmm. get started, mm-hmm. more entrepreneurs to step out, and mm-hmm. a lot of those entrepreneurs and black businesses—I mean, businesses that mm-hmm. stepped out—they mm-hmm. were of the Af- African American culture. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a lot of African American businesses started growing mm-hmm. in, I would say, '96 when Clinton was president, mm-hmm. and now. You know, here we are, 2023. There are a lot of black businesses. However, you know what I mean? It's, it's a struggle. Well, well, one of the things that we have to um, define, we need black businesses that can hire other black people. Because, you know, if you are a, um, just a regular business and not an entrepreneur business that take risks and hire on employees, it's 
a great thing for you, but it still leaves X, Y, Z unemployed. Yes, and, and, yes. That's, and that's where we need to be able to come together with our resources and be an entrepreneur. It would be a great thing to say that I provide um, employment to X, Y, Z, a number of people in the community. And that's where we need to get. Because 80% of businesses are small businesses. Yeah, small business. The right. only thing about it, though, you know, in the midst of that, you know, kudos to us as small businesses. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. the key word there is small. Mm-hmm. Small meaning that I can't hire nobody, but, you know, I got my business, mm-hmm. but I can't hire That's nobody. That's the problem. You know, I or said. I can bring in one other person. Mm-hmm. But in reference to being a, a, a business that is able to bring in uh, anywhere to 50 to 100, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? No. And that's very simple. Businesses, very, I'm sorry, but small businesses is, is 999, anyhow. Yeah. People. And so when you look at how many black businesses that you see that can employ 999 people, that's far in between. Far. They are out there, but again, far in between. It is true. And, you know, as we move closer to the future, hey. as we are moving, you know, hopefully, more and more of that will come to pass. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But. So 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 this is excellent. I, I want to eventually continue this conversation. So I want you to come back on Fire and Ice podcast, you know. Live and live in color. Yes. That's and right. I, and I live in color. <laughs> and I just love it, you know, yeah. just to see you and be in your presence. So thank, thank you. you. Thank no, you. thank you for having me right. on tonight. And it's always good seeing you. We haven't seen each other in years. It's true. But guess what? Yeah. I know, I know I'm getting old, but you still looking the same. Oh. Thank you. And please say your last, your name and Donald tell what you do. Donald L. Dowrich Jr. Um, I'm an actor. I do I portray Frederick Douglass for the last 14 years, author of 14 books, number one book, the author, I mean, uh, um, The Power of Being a Winner, also a mentor. Uh, I, you can find me on a daily at Hillsborough County Schools as a vendor. Uh, let's see, actor, author, uh, mentor. And you can go to my website, www.dldenterprises.org. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can see all the rich history that that's pertaining to DLD Enterprises. And the DLD stands for Determine, Learn, Develop. Always be determined to learn and definitely develop. And like Frederick Douglass once said, one of his last words, agitate. Agitate, agitate to get where you need to go. Thank you. Thank you. We're back here at WMNF 88.5. Today is Juneteenth. What an awesome holiday. Um, We're actually trying to get the community to share with us what do they know about Juneteenth and how have they celebrated in the past because remember, it's 150-something years old. It's over 150 years. And so many people around America have celebrated Juneteenth. So um, we have invited people in to give us some insight about what do they know about Juneteenth, when did they know it, and how um, they plan to celebrate it um, going forth. So we have a a really great and prominent person of Hillsborough County that's going to give us a little insight about what he knows and how he celebrates Juneteenth. So I'm going to ask Mr. Williams to tell us what he knows about Juneteenth. Okay. 
First off, thank you for having me. Um, I will pull in here. <laughs> but um, my first um, hearing about Juneteenth was in 2000. Someone from uh, Texas called us, called the office, and wanted us to bring an, an artist to the Juneteenth in Houston. And I had never heard of it. And uh, uh, Texas was the first one to celebrate it. Uh, and when we got out there, I was just, it was over 2,000 people at this event. And so that was my first hearing of it. And so I did bring it back to the Tampa Bay area. And I don't know, know whether you know a person by the name of uh, Willie Dixon. He's one of the fathers of the church, I mean, of the city. And um, I mentioned it to him. Of course, he had heard about it. So he's responsible for giving the first Juneteenth celebration in the Tampa Bay area in 2006. So, um, yes, I know um, Mr. Willie Dixon, okay. and I have received information about his Juneteenth celebration. Okay. So, yes, he is... Um, He's usually on the forefront of trying to make sure we're educated exactly. as well about things. And exactly. so it is an honor to know that you and him have kind of like used your brilliant minds to get around this holiday. So um, now that you know about Juneteenth, and do you know the, the reason for Juneteenth? Yes. Um, being in Texas, that was my first thing. I, I asked them, I said, look. What is this? So they explained to me that uh, in 1865, um, the marshal or whoever arrived in Texas had told the slaves they was free. Uh, so Texas did not receive the word until 1865. I think it was June. And matter of fact, Florida was freed uh, May. May is our, um, I guess, liberation, right? So, so, Mr. Williams, I am impressed. You're a smart guy. You, you just took two of those questions off of the table. Um, yes, June 19th, a man by the name of General Sherman arrived yes. in Gaveston, Texas, and, exactly. two years after slavery was supposed to be abolished. Exactly. And, and so... Um, President Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation January the 1st, 1863. Right. And the word got to te Texas um, June 19th, 1865. Hey, here's another issue, though. Um, that did not mean all the states was free of slavery. We Correct. still had two right. states, which was Kentucky and um, was it Maryland? No, it was Kentucky and Delaware. Yeah, Kentucky Delaware. and right. Delaware. And um, they were not um, freed until the 13th Amendment was ratified, and that was 1865, December the 6th. Well, that's the amendment that made us a citizen? Well, uh, um, oh, no, it freed us. Freed us. And the right. 14th was, the it made us a citizen, and the right. 15th was... Vote. Voting, okay, right, right, right. And so those those amendments was actually right. quite important, 13th, 14th, and 15th. And so what we're trying to do is tell the story the way it happened. Exactly. Right, and this is, this is um, important for Juneteenth because right. um, it's 
Juneteenth is specifically for the American descendants of the enslaved or the slaves of, of America. So we have to make sure we emphasize that because sometimes people get confused of what we're exactly. trying to accomplish here. Well, you, you got to remember, too, um, we were told that Abraham freed the slave. He did not. Okay, and his purpose for the war was not so much uh, to free the slave, it was to save the Union. Okay. So it wasn't until after he died that these two senators are uh, from New England. One New was from, England. from mm-hmm. Massachusetts, Massachusetts, and the mm-hmm. other one I can't remember where he um, was from. Yeah, not far. I think Virginia, somewhere, somewhere. like that. Yeah, near there. Because Johnson, the the, the president, president. Who took over. Mm-hmm. He went. He was going to take them back. Right. Uh, you remember he was a southerner. Yes, he was. And so those two gentlemen said, "No, too much of blood been shed." Yes. So yes. we're not, the, the death would not be in vain. Right. Right. So uh, I think we just need to get history right. That's we was the told. Point. That's the point. But that's not true. It's not. And and to your to your point, you know, I, I'm loving you. <laughs> I'm thinking you're great. Yeah. You know, this is a good because, you know, you're you're like shy, but you're ready. Oh, yeah. I love history. I too. I too. Okay. So so one of the things that people are confused on as well Um this holiday here can also confuse people too right. if they don't know the big picture. Exactly. And so when we talk about um, Abraham Lincoln writings, he clearly stated that his intentions were not to free exactly. the slaves; exactly. it was to save the Union. Exactly. And when the when the um, Emancipation Proclamation was signed, it didn't free all the states. Exactly. And so people are under that impression because history kind of been like told in such an odd way that it fools a lot of people. Well, they tell their story. Yes. Okay, like, you know, something about, you know, uh, we were told that um, we were swinging on leaves. Oh. Uh, And I was blessed to have an eighth grade teacher, history teacher, Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Harvey. And um, in every chapter of, uh, of American history, he will include what the blacks uh, contribute Mm -hmm. because the history book did not have it. Exactly. So we knew about Dr. Charles Grew. Mm -hmm. We knew about the man who designed Washington, D.C. Yes. The man who invented the shoelace machine. Yes. And everything. So... Uh, Big this, Ben, who invented exactly. the clock, you know. And so I think and, what we made a mistake with uh, this black history. Right. It's not black history. It's American Looking history. history. Okay. Yes, because it would not have existed exactly. without us. So that's right. a mistake we made to, be, right. to teach black history. Yes. We should, uh, I think in each chapter we should be intertwined because without us, or the black man, we would not have had the refrigerator. We would not have in the even had the microphone. Exactly. Or any of this equipment in Right. Here. Okay. Right. And so so that's that leads us into other areas of Juneteenth, you know, when we talk about how we celebrate Juneteenth. So what's what are the um ingredients in Juneteenth? Are we celebrating the fact that we um brought rice to this country? You right. know, are we celebrating that we actually made the um I don't know, um, refrigerators, air conditions. Are we celebrating that the cell phone really came from us, right? So it's a lot put into that. And and don't talk about the construction because it's been clear. um, Black people built the White House, you know. So um, and, and, and Harvard University, 
we built that. Correct. So Juneteenth explains that we actually built America, the foundation of America. Exactly. We don't care how it looks now, but you could not build unless you have foundation first. Exactly. And we built that for free. Exactly. Labor. Exactly. Slavery. Exactly. So when, when they talk about, oh, the railroads, yeah, um, they talk about, they give us the, the um, census about the Chinese, where the Chinese was getting paid. The, the railroads was being developed and we wasn't getting paid. It was exactly. slave labor. Exactly. So um, and then they changed the 13th Amendment says you are free unless you're in prison. So we can continue to yes, explore. That's true. So we can continue to exploit free exactly. labor. So the conversation goes on and on. And Juneteenth is just a little piece of a big history of America. Exactly. So, um yeah, so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and I know you're going to nail those questions, you know. So, um, yeah, you, you're just impressive. You you know about Texas and, um, you know, and then we got Miss Opal Lee. And, and, yeah, she's still living. Right? Yeah, she's still living. She's still living. And, and what's interesting about Juneteenth, it was indigenous or it— it aligns just with Galveston, Texas, exactly. you know, and if we were really thinking about Freedom Day would be December the 6th, because that's when the last 1885, exactly. right? So, right. you know, there's, there's a lot of um, controversy around about that. And here's one other. Florida has a Freedom Day. You mentioned it. It's right. May the 20th, exactly. 1865. Correct. You see? And so, again, um, are we telling the right stories about the right events at the right time. And so um, both sides can be true if we use facts to explain that. Right. And uh, I think we're not cutting you off. Sure, sure, sure. We just chose one day to celebrate everything. Yes, yes, right? yes, yes. And so, but we got to educate, right? That's Cause, true. Because a lot of people never heard of Juneteenth. Correct. And so, and I explained it that, I've been a part of Juneteenth since 2005 in St. Petersburg. A lady by the name of Jenny Blue, she has a nonprofit. She calls okay. it Juneteenth. Wow. Right there at the pier, over five or 6,000 people um, wow. come every year. Wow. Yeah, in St. Petersburg. I didn't know that. Yeah, Jenny Blue. Now, she, I don't know how it is now because I haven't been involved in about seven years, but I used to go over there religiously and, and participate in Juneteenth, help organize it, help set it up, the, the vendors um, park and everything, you know. So um, we need to share that information. Exactly. Need to collaborate and so we all can grow together. Uh, so my other question, how do you celebrate Juneteenth? Well, when I think of Juneteenth, uh, Juneteenth um, I think of um, our people being... Um, very gifted with their hands and minds, and at the same time, entrepreneurship. Because that's what it was all about. Um, if, if you can remember, from the time um, the rice basket was created by the slave, yeah. it was their idea. But again, the master took took the uh, their patent, mm -hmm. and he made money off. So we've always been people, gifted people, that uh, have been creative because we the one did the work. Yes. You know, so uh, they didn't do the work. They didn't know uh, how to be creative because they didn't do anything. They and, didn't need it to survive. And even today, you know, it's funny 
I and I heard this from a comedian. Even the um, the grocery bags that we get from the, the little plastic, plastic bag, bags. Mm-hmm. Um, we use it. Of course, they use for groceries. The other people probably just use it for a grocery, but we use it for um, a rain cap. I just like, put one on. I I came out of Publix the other day and was storming. I said, "Give right. me these two plastic bags I, like, and, and so tie it and run to the car." That's a sample of entrepreneurship. Yes. Yes. Right. So yes. Uh, that's what I, th- I think and of. And ingenuity, right? It, right, exactly. So I think uh, what I would like to see Juneteenth become, it's okay to celebrate and dance because we are people about dancing uh, 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 in the celebration, but really to just to influence, uh, not so much influence, but to uh, encourage this generation um, to be entrepreneurs, and at the same time to tell them more about the history. I just came from an event in Balto. Mm-hmm. They're lunching, and I did not know they had so many legacies that live in Balto. As a matter of fact, the first national golfer, uh, Dixon, lived, he's from Balto. And what disturbed me, there were no young people in the audience. So I would like to see us involve more of the young people because they really don't know the history. Right. And, and, and so that's a beautiful segue into, that's what I, I meant, education, right? We, we got to find that time. Like I, I tricked my son to come with me tonight. He's here. He never saw Frederick Douglass play. Wow. Put him in there, you know? Mm-hmm. And. So we got to find these little moments that we can get our young in here and, and talk about and share this history. Exactly. You know, and, and, and their ingenuity, their entrepreneurship, because we, from the beginning, I, I tell people, my mom, um, she the one who used to make a joke about three, um, three stones in a pot. Right. If you don't right. have a stove, you still can cook some food. Exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly. So, and, 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 and you'll lick your fingers exactly. because it's so good what comes out of that pot. And we have always been that kind of people to find a way out of no way. Exactly. And now we need to turn those things into businesses exactly. and hire our people, because our big problem is that we are going to other people begging for jobs and they may not want us to have those jobs because they have jobs for their own people. Well, I think we can become self-contained. Yes. If we pull ourselves together. I agree. You know, because we're sitting on billions. I agree. And billions. And bil- Matter of fact, um, to that point, I was talking to an economist, and they said if racism stopped today, America would um, earn their GDP of additional $30 trillion. Yes. $30 trillion. If they yes. stop the racism today and let everyone come into the competitive market exactly. on a fair basis, they will earn $30 trillion. Exactly. More. Exactly. Not more, $30 trillion annually. Exactly. But the point is we have to come together. We, are we our, do. We are our worst enemy. Well, yes, we are. I will Say that, um, and the reason I said that. Okay, help me with. Let that me one. explain. Um, before integration, during segregation, we pulled together mm-hmm. other um, c- 
country, or people from other countries can come over, even the Haitians, the Jamaican. My father um, was Mahamian, mm-hmm. and we grew up in West Palm. Mm-hmm. It was the Mahamian that were responsible mm-hmm. for the building of Miami to West Palm Beach. Mm-hmm. Those brothers pulled together. Yes. Okay? Yes. Okay, and the Africans and the Jamaicans and the Haitians, they pulled together. But let me let me let me um, say because I I have I come from both sides right okay. and my roots are here. But let me just tell you something. There is a plan, even when we say we're our own worst enemy. But most people will tell you that when our brothers and sisters come here, they are told not to mix with us. True. So, let me tell you um, when that is said to them that also we we own your citizenship we 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 control your movement so you tend to say oh these black americans oh they do this they do that look at them which is not true which is not true but if someone holding your livelihood in their hands then you tend to listen to them or you get fooled by them and those okay. things are being told to, I I know this for a fact because I'm on both sides. I know what is going on. So, um, but I have to say our brothers and sisters are coming together now. They hear it more often. They see where it tears us apart and we don't get any resources because of doing that. So I think it's changing, I would say. Okay, y'all. And I wasn't, and when I speak of we are worse than I'm talking about the American blacks, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. so much the Haitians mm-hmm. or we, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And I see the younger generation mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. Um, they don't want to work for anyone, so they are coming together, mm-hmm, pulling their mm-hmm, money, mm-hmm, young American. Mm-hmm. But what I'm, what I'm saying, we are black Americans, even within this community, we mm-hmm. don't pull together like we should. St. Well, Peter's different. Well, and well, I better be quiet. Well, <laughs> I, 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 but I, I, I think you're right. You can be, you can be on both sides of the yes. spectrum. You know, you're not wrong. I, I think even um, us as general, as a nation of black people, we could do better to pull yes. together. I, I, that's how I see it. I, I see us not as strong as we could be. Correct. That's what I will say. Okay. And and I think, um, I, you know, growing up. The most impressive black people was black Americans. That's true. You know, so it is fair to say that they were always leaders in our eyes. And so I, I, I would say that some intentional plan changed that because that don't happen just arbitrarily. Right. Something right. is in there that changes that. And I, I still... I still remember some of my my starch leaders was black Americans, you know, and 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 my mom is American, so she's like my absolute love, my hero amongst other uh, American leaders and uh, Jamaicans or whatever, you know, Marcus Garvey, just right. just people that said we can do this if we pull together, right. you know, and. And our plan have not come fully at full circle yet. We're still working towards still working. that. So that's uh, that's what I will say. We're still working on the plan. Right. <laughs> right. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. So um, this is a great conversation. Yeah, it, it is. Um, this is great. I, I would just me. like to leave on one note. Okay. You got to say your name again. William Sanders. I'm the co-chair and planning producer for the Tampa Bay Black Heritage Festival. And also uh, I head up an organization or a foundation, Unlimited Gospel Expressions, mm-hmm. um, nonprofit organization for the betterment of gospel music. Mm-hmm. One example of, of Juneteenth in this city that you may not know about are you familiar with Foster Barbershop over in West Tampa? Mm-mm. Well, um, Mr. Foster uh, was the founder of the barbershop over there. It's, I think it was one of the first barbershops in West Tampa on Main Street. And this was in, 60, in the 60s, um, from what I was told. Uh, he had $20,000 in the bank. And he wanted to build his barbershop. And, you know, $20,000 in the 60s for a black man to have, that was like having maybe $100,000, equivalent to that, at least fifty. And he went to ask the bank to get him a loan to build his barbershop. They would not do it. So he, he, he withdrew all his money out of the bank, and it was the neighbors in the, in the West Tampa community that helped him build the barbershop. And the barbershop is still standing Today, that's what Tony done to go and get his hair cut. Okay. Most of the Buccaneers. Okay. And so that's a that's a prime example to me of Juneteenth and entrepreneurship. And matter of fact, the Florida Classic was born right in his barbershop in 1967. Wow. Exactly. Wow. Because so, now it's the Florida Classic is now. It's in. Um, uh, Orlando, no, Orlando, I believe. Oh, it's in Orlando? Well, BCC and Florida and them. Okay. That game used to be played here. Okay. So that game was created right in that barbershop in 1967. Wow, Foster so, Barbershop. So you need to look it up because it's still standing. Okay. But he did. Mm-hmm. He sold the barbershop before he retired mm-hmm. to a young man that he was cutting his hair ever since he was four years old. Wow. And he has the barbershop now. Wow, what a story. That's exactly. and, and those are the things that we need to talk about because if you think about entrepreneurship, where are the businesses? Exactly. And and one of the things that I, I would like to get your um, opinion on, the Jackson Rumen House here in Tampa. What do you know about that? Because that all is a segue or trying to save a black historical site to represent uh, the black community and for our children, the ones who haven't right. been born yet. So for, what do you think? From what I'm told, mm-hmm. um, the Jackson House was the, uh, I guess, the gathering for all the well-known black artists at that time, a colored, that came to the city. And oh, it was only one stayover but, place, and they could right, only stay there. there. Mm-hmm. And um, Bray Charles, Ella Fisher, uh, James, Callen, Brown, Jane James Brown, Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, they all uh, gathered there. Mm-hmm. As you know by then, from what I was told and from what I've read, mm-hmm. Tampa was considered the, the Harlem of the South. Right. Because there were only two cities, really, that uh, you had Jacksonville mm-hmm. and you had Tampa. Miami was still being developed. So the artists used to come uh, to Tampa and stay over from what, um, sometime a month in go to Jacksonville, et cetera, and, and, and do shows in Plant City in the satellite areas of this of Central Florida. 
But uh, the quest, from my understanding, was created here. The what? The quest, the dance. Oh, my God. That's so cool. I don't know about that dance. You know, we do something else. Oh, my God. Uh, it's called the what? The, the twist? quest. You heard of the quest before, haven't you? You heard of it? Okay, who want to do it for me so I can see? Maybe I just don't know the name. I'm ready, Lamar. Are you going to be doing that? But, <laughs> but it was created here. Okay. Um, many things was like I said. Tampa have always been a uh, creative and a gifted city for people of color. Okay. And everything. So, uh, matter of fact, um, a man by the name of Ernest Calhoun who just passed. Mm-hmm. He was very creative and. Uh, getting Tampa on the map for jazz and R&B. Wow. And he just died, six, uh, 96 years old. What was his name? Ernie Calhoun. And you also have a, um, who was a classmate of Ernie, um, what was his name? Reuben Mitchell, look him up. They came right out of Middleton High School. Mitchum? Mitchell? Mitchell, Mitchell. Mitchell, okay, got it. Okay. So uh, Calhoun, oh, my God, he was a, a hell of a sax player. So look him up. Okay. He's he international. Been... Both of them are international, and both of them are deceased now. Wow. So so um, I'm going to, uh, like, conclude this, but not conclude it. We're going to be talking over and the I've, time. I, I know I got off because you asked me about the Jackson House. I right. So, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So yeah, let's let's well, tell I, me what you think. I, I think uh, um, reestablishing it. Yes. It was at a landmark here. Mm-hmm. Um, because really in Tampa, we don't have anything to show that the black people had. Mitchell, they mm-hmm. tore that down. So I think the Jackson House, will, the Jackson House, will be one of the uh, one of the things we can showcase because. All the greats came there. Ella wrote her hit, A Tiffa Tat. Yeah, that's awesome. And oh, what's his name, the blind man? Ray Charles. Ray Charles <laughs> Sorry was about there. That. He did, Georgia on my mind. He right. That. So uh, that house has significant. Exactly, but I, I'm now you have me curious as to what about your parents here knowing about that? Well, I say I grew up in West Palm. Okay, I'm not a Tampa native. Okay, right. Okay, so, and that's uh, hard to find a tape. A a ta- uh, nobody's here from Tampa. Right. Nobody in this room was born in Tampa. I bet it's, a, it's very. But they are here. Yeah, they're here. You just gotta find <laughs> yes. them. Yeah, that's yes. true. Well, you know, Mr. Sanders, um, I need your contact information because I definitely want to keep this conversation going. I definitely. mean, you know a lot. I'll learn a lot from you. Thank you. You're welcome. So um, do you have any last words you want to say to the community? Mm, keep pushing on. And at the same time, um, I have to do a shout out to the Tampa Bay Black Heritage Festival. Yes. Um, this, this will be our 24th year. Wow. And this year will be from the 3rd all the way to the 14th. Mm-hmm. And, of course, WMF have always been a great partner here. So great I'm home. Hear. Right, and everything. So um, this year, we should be even better. Okay. Okay. Okay, so um, I want to talk to you about your agenda because I want to see what you're going to offer the community and see if I can plug in there and do some work with you. 
You mean concerning the festival? Yeah. Well, you know, this year I was thinking, and we've been talking about it, this is the 50th year, I think, and um, you can help me with 50th year of the uh, hip-hop. Hip-hop. Hip-hop, okay. Uh, and so I thought our theme would be centered around that, just to educate uh, the, the, the community about hip-hop, what it really is, right. because it's been tainted. Right. And so that's our theme would be centered around that. And that was, oh, um, the lady who wrote Martin Luther King when he was in jail, remember he wrote the speech on... Um, right, right, um, the um, labor speech. Um, right. Right. Um, the lady? I don't know. I don't think... Her I name, no, no, it was a lady, but he... He wrote it on the on the toilet paper, but right. she just one took it, and I guess we call it transposed it. Yeah, transcribed it. Yeah, transcribed it. Right. Thank mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, she's still living. Wow. So we plan to bring her here. Wow. And she worked very closely, very close with Dr. King. Okay. Okay. Right. That sounds that sounds and, historical. Yes, right. That's so great. Those are one of the things, and um. And she can she she's gonna articulate her experience right. of that time. And she's gonna be shooting from the hip. Okay. No, no paper reading. Okay. Can I can can you get her to come in here and do something on my oh, podcast? Definitely. Okay. Um, Fire Nice Podcast. Okay. I would like to welcome her. And yes. there's other things. Yes. Um, that I won't release right now. Okay. But we're gonna be greater than ever. This is our twenty fourth year. Oh, this is marvelous to hear. So I just need you to give me your contact information and will. answer when I call. Don't pretend. No, Don't I give will. me no fake number. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, Mr. Sanders. I thank mean, you've you. been an excellent, excellent guest. And I, I learned a lot and I appreciate you. Thank you. Hello, beautiful people of the Tampa Bay area. This is Fire and Ice podcast here at WMNF 88.5. Thank you for joining us on this very beautiful day called Juneteenth. And we're here today because we want to inform and educate. This is all about education. It's all about people knowing what they're celebrating and understand why they're celebrating. Or in some cases, people want to remember. They want to remember their grandmothers. They want to remember their grandfathers. They want to remember their uncles and generations back in America. So Juneteenth is all about America and how the enslaved was brought to this country. And it also tells within the Juneteenth, it tells a a story of the um, indignant and the conditions of the slaves and what happened after they were freed from slavery. So how we're going to approach it today, we're going to have people to um, answer some questions about Juneteenth so that we can educate people on it. We want to know what they know and how they celebrated in their family. And when did they know about Juneteenth? And how is it celebrated in the community? Juneteenth is 150 years old in some of the black communities in America. And in 2021, it became Juneteenth, a federal holiday. As stated, it's been celebrated for over 150 years. 
Juneteenth was actually um, designed and uh, talked about because of Galveston, Texas, in 1865, June the 19th, when the enslaved found out that slavery had been over for two years, and they had just gotten the word. So um, it talks about Texas, but in practice, the 13th Amendment was not ratified until December the 6th, 1865. Therefore, there were two other um, states that were still withheld in slavery, and that was Kentucky and Delaware. So we have to realize that uh, June the 19th perhaps was really related to Texas, Galveston, Texas. So with that information, I hope it prompts people to do research, ask questions, and understand what that day meant. So we have a guest today by the name of Mr. Harrison, and um, I'm going to allow him to introduce himself, and then we'll lead into some questions and see what he knows about Juneteenth and how he celebrates it. Please, Mr. Harrison. My name is Harrison Nash, and uh, I, I've been a, a programmer here for 37 years, and I've had a chance to meet and greet a lot of, of people, uh, people who are basically, well, I met some people from Louisiana and Texas where the holiday is really celebrated. Not as much in, in Florida as it is out west of here in Louisiana and Texas. Uh, my family, uh, my children and I, we we we've known about Juneteenth for probably over over twenty years, but not until recently have we begun to put forth some sort of effort. Uh, because there's there are a lot of free programs that are happening all over the area. Uh, there's several right here in in this county, some in Pinellas, but uh, Juneteenth seems to be catching a hold all over the South now. And it, it's about time. It's, it, like you say, it, it became a federal holiday three years ago in 2021. And Miss Opal Lee, who was considered the grandmother of Juneteenth, uh, when President uh, made Juneteenth a federal holiday, uh, we have to realize that she was the daughter of slaves. Now, it's not that Juneteenth is not that far away. From us, my grandmother was born in, in 1897, and uh, her mother was not a slave, but was born in right after slavery uh, had ended. So my grandmother was the grandchild of of slaves, and so it's really it's really not that ancient. Just seems that way sometimes, but we just have to realize that. We're still in the struggle, and uh, the struggle for freedom um, is not it's not nearly over. Okay. We've got too much work to do. Okay, so that's very good. That's a very good segue, very good information. Now, so what we want to make sure we understand about Juneteenth, as Mr. Nash stated, that it's been around for a long time, and he has some roots in that, so it's not the first time he heard about it. Um the federal holiday 
um, is like catching up to us, you know, because um, in St. Petersburg, a lady by the name of Jenny Blue, she have had a Juneteenth festival every year, even right now since 1992. And it was well attended in St. Petersburg. So it's been around us. Um, we just didn't have a way to identify it. So I'm going to go into asking Mr. Nash this question. What do you, how, how do you celebrate? How do you celebrate Juneteenth before this year? What, what does it look like at your home in your community? Well, <clears throat> nothing, uh, just like a regular, uh, what can I say, outdoor cooking event, uh, there's there's really not much that my family does that uh, could that you could consider it any any grandiose. Uh, uh, it's it's just a regular holiday, and so, let me say it like that. Okay? okay, so let me ask you this: How long back have you celebrated it? You know, oh, probably it? not more than not more than. Uh, uh, let me see, uh, not more than seven, eight years. Okay. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. great. So what do you plan to do now that it's uh, differently, now that it's a federal holiday? How how do you plan to celebrate it? Well, I'm going to try and go to as many of the events as I can uh, because some events started le late last week, as I'm saying, as in Thursday and Friday. There are going to be some things that are going to happen tomorrow still. Uh, but that's that's how we do it. Okay. okay? Mm -hmm. So here's another question: What do you know about the Florida Freedom Day? I know nothing. Okay, so let me enlighten you. The Florida Freedom Day is the original date that Florida became free of the slaves. Oh, that it, was March twentieth. That's March the twentieth. Yeah. Yes, eighteen sixty-five. And I didn't, know, I didn't know it was called that. Yes, okay. and and it's been around for a very long time. So um, now that you know that Florida Freedom Day is out there, May the twentieth, um, do you see that as another holiday, or do you just gonna just go with Juneteenth? Well, you, you can't. Uh, you would you would not. Well, let me let me say it like this, Miss mm -hmm. Opal Lee who's considered the grandmother of, of Juneteenth, mm -hmm. said that when uh, celebrations began uh, for Juneteenth and go all the way to July 4th, mm -hmm. that's when she would begin to uh, recognize uh, the, the 4th. But right now she still doesn't. Okay. So, well, and that's um, everybody has their own approach and, and, and everybody's need to just recognize the importance of Juneteenth and anything that have brought us out of slavery, because as you stated, the struggle continues. And so um, I like to thank you for your commentary and for allowing me to ask you questions about the Juneteenth. And you have the final word. Well, uh, <laughs> I have the final word. I just I need to I need to say that. Uh, my my father told me anything is better than nothing when I was a little boy, and which meant that everybody should do something. Martin Luther King said, if you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. 
If you can't walk, crawl. Everybody should be doing something. And it doesn't matter how much you do. It just matters that you participate and, and that you uh, get your head out of the dirt. Okay, You can't be an ostrich and uh, know what's going on around you. One of the boxing boxers' creeds is protect yourself at all times. Never be surprised by anything that that can come at you. Always be prepared for the worst or, or the best, but just don't be surprised. Okay, thank you. That's good information. We have just been educated by Mr. Nash, and we um, have a portion of our marching order. So thank you again. You are. Adrenaline running through my veins and my skeleton when you say my name and the high no it never goes away I like jumping out of airplanes and swimming with the sharks that existential feeling when you're staring at the stars there's a hurricane in my head but the lightning in my heart makes it worth it yeah I still get nervous